I'm Bomb Tombadil. And I am Ed Shireen's magical ukulele. <laughs> Do you think I'm I'm butchering Ed Shireen's name? It's probably Ed Sheeran or something. Sorry, Ed. And welcome to Planet of the Meerkats. What are you playing on that magical ukulele? Oh, ma- magical, magical songs. He's uh, Irish, right? Are you playing like Irish uh, ditties? Irish ditties? Hey, maybe I'm yeah. playing some Tom Bombadil songs. What's the most famous Irish band? U2? Probably. Probably. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm playing Plans. some U2 and some Enya. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a good mixtape. Is Morrissey uh, Irish? No, he no, Irish. no, no, no. He's just a dick. <laughs> <laughs> Well, he, he's he's number one in the power rankings of uh, disappointing old rock stars. <laughs> Careful, he'll sue us. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> Although, from what he's I hear, nothing else to do except file frivolous lawsuits. <laughs> the, the Simpsons have had some uh, a lot of missed misses in their episodes lately, but that was a, a pretty great Simpsons episode. Yeah, I can't believe the Simpsons is still on. I know. See, I think they should stop doing it and just come out with like two or three holiday specials every year. And that's it. Because where they're still on point is the Halloween episodes are still great. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, just do a few of those every year. Quality over quantity? Yeah. Just lean into that. So, Dave, my friend, what are we talking about today? We are talking about the one, the only, the infamous Tom Bombadil. And what what inspired this for you? Like, why did you want to talk about Tom Bombadil? Well, I recently read reread Lord of the Rings, and I'm, I'm part of a Lord of the Rings subreddit that... Uh, is focused on Tom Bombadil and he's just, he's a really silly character and there's not a lot like him out there. Any editor with their salt would have cut, cut him straight out of the story. (laughs) (laughs) And in fact, in the movies of versions of Lord of the Rings, the uh, Peter Jackson ones, he is not in those, right? Exactly. Yeah. So picture this, right? You're reading Lord of the Rings. You're a 13 year old boy. Story's just getting started, right? It's getting the former forward momentum is going. The hobbits, they're running from the terrifying black riders. Uh-huh. Uh, they're in a huge hurry, so they cut through some supposedly haunted woods to stay off the roads. And then, bam, Tom Bombadil comes in and effectively <laughs> stops the forward momentum of the plot for three chapters. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, what the hell is this? <laughs> is there like a backstory to this? Like why Tolkien like what this character represents and like kind of why he put them in there? Or is it literally like people are just like flailing to find a reason for this? Well, I mean, Tolkien's kind of indicated he doesn't really know who Tom Bombadil is, but I'll kind of get into, get into what happens with Tom. Right. Okay. So they're lost and Mary and Pippin get eaten by a tree as one does. It's happened to the best of us. (laughs) This isn't like a, a tree, like the ants later in the story. This is just a straight on like regular tree that just sucks them up. Uh-huh. So they start screaming for help, and this this crazy guy in yellow boots and a blue jacket shows up, and he starts singing, and and he sings that the hobbit's free, and then he takes him back to his house. He sings a lot of songs. Frodo is like he he like knows about the ring. He puts it on; it doesn't affect him. He can see Frodo when he wears it, even though he's supposed to be invisible. So essentially, mm-hmm. this guy like is completely unaffected by the big MacGuffin of the story, and uh, he sends them on their way. So they go off on their way, and of course, they get captured by ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> so then they're brought underground to a tomb 
and there's these these evil evil dead kings there and they again sing and tom bombadil shows up and then they exit the woods and the story continues at that point he's sidelined like he's not he's not in the story do, like at all do they that. and they don't reference him so well, he they just do, appears they do reference him a couple times but mostly because this all-powerful character was introduced and like you have to like sort of explain it away why he doesn't yeah. end the plot right away <laughs> You know, when they go to the Council of Elrond, so when they're deciding what to do with the ring, Elrond's like, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, we could give it to Tom, but he would lose track of it. Like, mm-hmm. he he doesn't he doesn't keep things like that on his mind. And, you know, if, they, if Sauron knew he was there, he would just kind of destroy everything until that's all that was mm-hmm. left. And then eventually Tom would fall. Are they, are, do they consider giving it to him because they, they know that he is unaffected by the ring? Is that why? <laughs> Yeah, well, that's the Frodo brings it up. He's like, "Yo, I met this guy named Tom who seems to be like all powerful. <laughs> <laughs> Can we just give it to him?" <laughs> and then at the very, very end of the story, when all the action's done and they're going back to the Shire, Gandalf splits off and he's like, "I need a break. I'm going to go chill with my buddy Tom, and we can talk because mm-hmm. I never mm-hmm. got to talk with him. Just sit around and talk." But in the mm-hmm. three chapters that Tom is in, he sings sixteen songs. Oh my god! <laughs> and, and it's just like him singing about himself and his lady, Goldberry. When he talks to Gandalf at the end, what is that conversation about? Does it give any insights? It's not in the no. book. Oh, like they Gandalf, just reference it? Yeah, but he's it's just not like, there? yeah, Gandalf's like, oh, I'm just going to go talk to Tom. And then he disappears until the very end. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm done talking to Tom. Let's go. Tom's like that so, dude who goes to undergraduate college parties, but he's a bit too old to be there and not in school himself. He might be like 25. He might be 40. But they put up with him because he makes good drinks and he always shows up with pot brownies. <laughs> no one knows where he lives, but it's probably a yurt. He read Walden a few many, too many times. And he inevitably ends every night singing nonsense songs with a ukulele. He's probably had sex with your girlfriend, but you don't really mind because he's Tom. And if you confronted him, you'd both end the conversation drinking craft beer that you paid for and saying I love you to each other. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great encapsulation of the character. <laughs> Are there <laughs> it, it, other examples in in literature of characters that are as mysterious and used as obliquely as this? You know, I can't think of any. You know, he's based off of a lot of different different things. There's mm-hmm. a uh, see if I can even say this dude's name right. <laughs> okay, I'm going to give this an attempt. So he's based partially on the Norse god slash hero. Vayane Moenen. Vayane Yeah, and he's one of the most powerful beings in the world. Uh, he's like ancient and he's like natural. But Vayane Moenen, who, who does like to sing like Tom, but he's like, he's kind of pissy. He's like, has a lot of hubris and he's fierce. <laughs> it's during like the opposite of Tom, who's just not only jolly and happy, he can't go like two sentences without singing about being jolly and happy. <laughs> At the end of last week's show, we put out a call to Christopher mm-hmm. and Tawny Frogmouth to, to potentially write us a song about Tom. Mm-hmm. And uh, I heard back from him, and I don't I don't have the, my phone on me right now, so I can't read you the text. But it sounds like he wasn't able to pull it together in time, but that I told him, hey, if it comes to you later on, it's okay. Absolutely. We can work it. We can work it in. So with that. Uh, with that, we'll without, be waiting. Without his contribution, I gotta say the best representation of Tom's <laughs> songs I found was this guy on Reddit called Back Alley Record Store, uh-huh. and he sings like he is like does like throat singing of Tom's songs, and he plays a hurdy gurdy and a flute, and it's pretty <laughs> awesome. We'll put a, a, a post to the video. 
of him doing this. But what's even better about Tom is that they've made like a whole bunch of games about Lord of the Rings, right? Mm-hmm. And there was a game called Battle for Middle Earth 2 where it's sort of a top down, you direct your troops and stuff. But you can get Tom to come in and help you. And he mm-hmm. prances around the battlefield yelling his name. He doesn't sing, but he's like, nice to meet you. And oh, I knew that would happen as he punches orcs. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, he's all powerful. So there are some theories about this character that you're yes. going to get into. Yeah. So some people think he's a representation of the Christian God. He's described as oldest, oldest and fatherless. And Goldberry says like, he basically just is, but Tolkien specifically said, no, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't put God in the story, but he could be Iluvatar, which if you've read the Cimmerillion, Tolkien essentially wrote the, rewrote the creation story for middle earth. And that's the middle earth God. Okay, but he doesn't. He also said that wasn't him. He could be an angel. Like there's a couple of different tiers of angels. There's like the upper tiers. None of them really fit with him. And then there's Maiar, which is Gandalf, because Gandalf is essentially an angel. But again, it doesn't really fit. There was someone who said uh, a Tolkien scholar named Verlin Flager who said that you know if if anybody was to be the opposite of Sauron, like it wouldn't be Aragorn or Gandalf. It would be Tom Bombadil. He just cares he doesn't give a shit about power at all and other people think he might be a nature spirit so okay uh there's a a representation of oh there so there's a, a spirit called the green man and yeah. it's a ping, pagan symbol of rebirth rebirth and it appears in a lot of christian art especially cathedrals but it developed independently in a lot of different cultures so like lebanon iraq borneo nepal india and all across europe and he's sort of the embodiment of pure nature almost like totoro yeah. Oh man, there we go. Tom Bombadil and Totoro. Is Totoro. Yeah. <laughs> um and then some people say he's a representation of like Tolkien himself mm-hmm. and sort of his views on rural life. There's a lot of sort of anti-industrialism themes in Lord of the Rings and so mm-hmm. that kind of fits. And then there's one theory that he actually is the Witch King, who's the head of the Nazgûl, the Dark Riders. Mm-hmm. And uh the evidence for this is that Tom and the Witch King. So he, they're they're the ones that are chasing Frodo when he runs into the woods, mm-hmm. um, and so the theory, I guess, is that the Black Riders chase them into the woods, and then the the Witch King like takes off his robe and runs in and is like acts as Tom Bombadil for a while. <laughs> but but what never... was, what would the motivation of that be? <laughs> There's no motivation. It doesn't Why? make any sense. <laughs> but it's like, but uh, that's they... like cir- circumstantial evidence right there. Yeah. Well, they're never seen together. Tom has a quote glint in his eyes when Frodo mentions the riders and uh, he can clearly see Frodo when he wears the ring and the ring doesn't affect him. So you would think, Oh, and he's also able to command an evil ghost, which that wouldn't very witch, witch kingy now. <laughs> <laughs> so I personally think he's, he's probably, I mean, Tolkien was a professor of, of literature and linguistics and an expert in like Northern European literature. I think he probably, incorporated a lot of this these myths so he probably did incorporate sort of aspects of some of these mythological people um and the green man into the story even if it was subconscious and i think he's like literally what it seems he's just a really old nature spirit and you know he wrote lord of the rings to be sort of a prehistory of a a fantastical prehistory of europe so i think it kind of makes sense with that and you know the magic in lord of the rings is like is very literal and subtle Right, it mostly hinges on influence and strength of will. So, if you've just seen the movies and you saw the like wizard fight between Gandalf and Saruman, like that's not in the books. 
it's all like sort of concentrating and bending people to your will, maybe flashing a little bit of light. And, uh, you know, I guess there was a doll called Tom Bombadil that his son had, and that's sort of what inspired the character. Was that like a nonsense name that they gave the doll, or or did that name come from somewhere? I think it was like a nonsense a nonsense name. I mean, Tolkien even said the name Tom Bombadil is meant to be silly. So where do you, where do you see the sort of significance of this character in terms of the the wider story of not just the Lord of the Rings book, but just the story? Because it, it is it, in some ways that character is forgotten, right? Because now when you mention Lord of the Rings, people think of the movies, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. does does the, the story lose something by losing this character who is this representation of nature itself? Yeah, I mean, I th- so Lord of the Rings sort of, uh, I'm not going to say created a genre, but it sort of focused a genre. And there's mm-hmm. there's so many genres and subgenres now that are based off of sort of outcroppings of Lord of the Rings. You know, everything from D&D to even like Game of Thrones. And, you know, when you read the books, I think his chapters are skipped by a lot of readers. And for good reason, right? It's a lot of songs. Mm-hmm. It doesn't forward the plot. You don't really need to know much mm-hmm. about what happens there. But I think it's a great example of, like, the world building. You know, he builds mm-hmm. in, Tolkien builds in these references that make the world seem really big. Like, there's a lot more going on than what we know about. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he talks about, like, ice dragons in the north. It's like, well, I want to hear about those. And they, nope, we're not yeah. going to talk about those at all. Um, yeah. Or like Radagast, he's another wizard like Saruman and Gandalf. And nope, we'll talk about him. We'll mention him in like two lines, but we're not going to like actually go talk to Radagast. And you know, I think he wrote a lot of backstory that didn't make it into the books proper, and was later put into the Cimmerillion, which was published by his son, which is like backstory taken to the extreme. But I think it it really gives the feeling, you know, as as you're reading it, you're like, wow, there's a lot more going on here than it's just happening in the books, like. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's what's happening to the main characters, but they're only one tiny aspect of the world. And I think that's ultimately kind of what, you know, is important about Tom. And, you know, he's also sort of like merry and jolly and happy in a way that's kind of uncool. Yeah. Right. You know, you have Gandalf who he's kind of grumpy and, and but, you know, he's a good guy. And, you know, you have Frodo and Sam and, you know, they have their friendship and stuff, but like you wouldn't find Tom in like a, a mainstream book nowadays. It's kind of a nice, refreshing breath. Just just to really like lean into the idea that being silly and joyful and being yourself can mm-hmm. be can be OK. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to front all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I have not read Lord of the Rings, mm-hmm. despite our very long friendship and the fact that <laughs> Uh, I've I've known about your love for the Lord of the Rings lore, you know, mm-hmm. for forever. Yeah. If Tolkien was very anti-industrialist, and mm-hmm. if the books are are a commentary on, and this character is a representation of of these sort of like archetypal nature spirits, mm-hmm. wouldn't you think that the the character would have a more central role, like in the the narrative arc of the book? I agree, right? And that's sort of one reason why it doesn't make, make a lot of sense from like our modern perspective, why this character mm-hmm. is there. And, you know, he plays out this anti-industrialism attitude a lot later in the book. Yeah. With, uh, you know, you have Saruman who's cutting down the Fanghorn forest to make his armies and his war engines. And then you mm-hmm. have, you know, the, the forest, which are like literally like sentient trees and they're upset about mm-hmm. being cut down. 
And then at the end of the book, it's not in the movie, but the hobbits go back to Hobbiton and what was sort of this like idyllic pastoral life has been messed up and all the trees have gotten cut down and you know, it's it's sort of like there's coal smoke spewing from the the chimneys of places and it's it's mm-hmm. totally changed. And the only way that they're able to really save it is by using some magic dirt that Sam cut yeah. <laughs> earlier in the book. <laughs> I I did not take away any message about environmentalism. <laughs> it wasn't like it was Fern Gully or anything. Yeah. But it could have been, right? Like, well, it could have been a very explicit message. I mean, and I love the movies, but they are definitely not as deep as the books. Mm-hmm. And they really focused on sort of the message of, like, friendship and not mm-hmm. lusting for power and stuff. And there's a little mm-hmm. bit of the industrial anti-industrialism with the way they represent Saruman, but in general, it's not really there. So you're right. But I think the movies are also a good example of how a lot of what people consider cool in Lord of the Rings, sort of Mm -hmm. the, the aforementioned 13, 13 year old reading the book, you know, the battles and the lore and the weird creatures, Mm -hmm. like that all got pulled in really heavy into the movies. And a lot of this weird, silly stuff got left out. And, Mm -hmm. you know, if you've read the books, you know that this isn't the only kind of weird silly thing in there maybe there needs to be like a an hbo miniseries i don't know game of thrones like it's (laughs) it feels like it's it's somehow connected in some way to the legacy of of lord of the rings yeah i I did not watch game of thrones either so uh, oh you didn't (laughs) no i'm 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 so i'm so the wrong person to have this conversation but but like maybe there needs to be like a, a reboot, you know, that's 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 like a serial sort of thing focused on the environmental aspects. That could be kind of cool. So they're not rebooting it, but Amazon did purchase the rights to oh. essentially tell make make a series that takes place like thousands of years before Lord of the Rings. Like in, in the world. Yeah, but like in set Italy. set way yeah. beforehand, right? So it's possible we could get some Tom action there. Nice. Yeah, but no one really knows what the plot's going to be. It could be, you know, whether it's taken from some of the other stuff Tolkien wrote, or if it's something totally new, uh, no one really knows. So from what I'm from what I'm hearing about Tom's vibe and his aesthetic, that mm-hmm. he's actually like very in style right now, because I imagine he's wearing Birkenstocks with colorful socks and baggy corduroy shorts. Yep. And, <laughs> uh, and like a long sleeve t-shirt. Well, not only beanie. is he wearing Birkenstocks, <laughs> He's wearing the first <laughs> pair of Birkenstocks ever made, yeah. and all his clothes he bummed off of like. Uh, so he's, like he's thrift store shopping. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, <laughs> and he has a really really hot girlfriend <laughs> who just sits around and sings about him all day. <laughs> he's just a college student, basically. That's all. That's all he yeah. is. He's like a environmental studies major. <laughs> he's not in a frat, but he he's like you know, welcome at he all knows the frat about parties. All, he knows about all the cool parties. Yeah. <laughs> he, I don't know. That's my takeaway <laughs> from it. Are, are there any, any parting thoughts on Tom that you want to, that you want to, that we didn't cover? No, I mean, I think I just want to leave people with, you know, sort of the fear and wonder of the weirdness of Tom. And if you do read mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings, like don't skip over Tom's chapters, give him a good read and see if you can hum along to some of his songs. Mm-hmm. You know, I think, he really, he doesn't add to the plot, but he adds a lot to sort of the aesthetic. Nice. Nice summary. <laughs> so Dave, what are we talking about next week? Deep past and deep future. Deep past and deep future. Can you give us a little hint on on what that is, what that entails? 
So like everybody knows there's, you know, our, our accepted history. I'm going to go deeper. I'm going to go further back than that. I'm talking mm-hmm. about sort of prehistorical society. Yeah. And then like looking like thousands and thousands of years in the future, what are things going to look like? What, where, where are we going in the, the very, very long term? You know, it's easy to think where we're going to be in 10 years or even a hundred years, but like where are we going to be in a thousand or 10,000 years? It's, yeah, it's maybe, maybe we should, we should like have some benchmarks of, we say, okay, let's do 1000, 10,000 and a hundred thousand. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's go, let's go way, way out there. All right. I, I like mean, it. why not? If we're already going down that road of speculation, let's just like lean into it. Absolutely. It, baby. I'm down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, come dairy doll. Hop along my hearties. Hobbits, ponies, all. We are fond of parties. Now let the fun begin. Let us sing together. That's one of Tom's Is that songs. it? Yeah. It just ends like <laughs> it that? It just ends, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we should exhume the body of uh, Tolkien. Use... use I don't know. Can we use CRISPR to bring him back? I don't know. <laughs> bring, bring him back and have him workshop this a little bit more. Oh, he he would hate that Lord of the Rings is like famous and had spawned all this stuff. Uh, like he would hate the movies. He would hate that it's popular in America because we would just be misunderstanding it. Like, he would be this like total grump about it. Of course. We misunderstand everything. We let <laughs> we just fuck everything up. <laughs> and on that note, I'm Bomb Tombadil. And I am Ed Shireen's Magical Ukulele. And thank you for joining us on the planet of the Meerkats. Planet of the Meerkats is produced by Neil Fries and David Garrison. And our theme music is by Tawny Frogmouth.